to the Houghton Baptist Podcast for March 18th, 2018. Well, it looks like Pastor Dave is back from vacation. Great to have you back, Pastor, and we'd like to thank all those who helped out during his absence. Today, Pastor will be speaking about a special kind of character in the Bible by the name of Barabbas. Ought to be very interesting. Stick around and check it out. Afterwards, head off to our website, HoughtonBaptist.org. A lot of information there about the church and things going on at the church. And if you happen to be looking for a church, check us out. We're on Sharon Avenue in Houghton on the hill above Shaco. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. Church, it's a good good morning. You guys are doing pretty good, man. I'm excited to be back. Well, I, I'm excited to be back here, like in the church building, but not not so much here, man. It was uh, beautiful in Florida. Jill and I just enjoyed our time away, and really the first time in a decade that we've just you know gone away on a trip and, and, and spent some time together. Our, our kids tell us that, they, that we owe them a trip to Florida now, so maybe next year we'll take the kids. I, I just can't imagine my three kids in an airplane trapped w- with us. I mean, I just don't think that that's a good thing. In fact, a couple of rows ahead, there was a, a family and they had small children, and I just felt bad for the dad, and I was just like talking to Jill, and I was like, look at this guy. You could just see that he was sweating, you know, because his little one just wouldn't stop fussing and crying, and when you're, when you're trapped in a tin can like that up in the air, that's just not a good place uh, to be a parent with, with small children. But, uh, no, we're excited to get away and uh, so thankful for our preaching team, uh, Bill Tucker and Don Curry and Brandon. Those guys did a great job while we were away and just filling in the pulpit. And uh, these guys are an asset to this church. Amen? So I'm thankful for you guys. Absolutely. You guys deserve it. I appreciate you guys. But why don't we uh, pray and ask God that he would speak to our hearts and help us to just engage him this morning because God has something spectacular for us. I hope you believe that. Father God, we we love you and, and we're thankful that you provide a place for us to just come to the altar and, and be ourselves. God, you, you're a holy and, and righteous God. And, and Lord, we're in need of you daily. This morning we're, we're sitting here in a church building, a part of a church service, and yet there are real things that are happening in our lives. There's physical struggles and battles, and, and there's temptations that we're wrestling with, and, and, and attitudes of sorts that we're battling. And, and God, we, we're in need of you to show up. God, I think your scriptures tell us that you show up, you're faithful to be present. So God, as we gather here this morning together as a, as a church family, as the body of Christ, Lord, uh, speak to our hearts. And Lord, I just pray that I would just be a vessel, just a mouthpiece for you, God, that your Holy Spirit would just softly touch the hearts of the people that are sitting in this room. And Lord, if there's just one person that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that they walk out of here changed and renewed by the blood of Jesus Christ. God, you're able. I pray that you just speak mightily through the text and through me, and we're going to trust you to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
we'll move this before you guys see something that uh, crack you guys up. So as a kid, we don't want to trip the first Sunday back, right? As a kid, there were certain punishments for things that we did wrong. Sometimes our, our bad behavior landed us in the corner, uh, but we got mom and dad back because we'd peel the wallpaper back. It, yeah, don't put me in the corner, right? Or we'd chip the pain away. Uh, you know, you're bored in the corner, right? So as we were serving our time, we would do those things. Sometimes we would get soap in our mouth. Have you ever got soap in your mouth? Right? That's, that's not good tasting, right? That's, and then chase it with a piece of bread. That's how I did it anyways. Sometimes our, our bad behavior landed us additional chores, like cleaning out the garage or, or mowing the grass. But every once in a while, our bad behavior landed us an old-fashioned whooping. I mean, we got spanked as a kid. Now I have to ask because our culture has changed drastically since I was a, a young boy. But, but how many here have been spanked before by a... Wow. Whoa. Rebellious. I, I like it. I like it. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I, I must have been spanked three times a day during my childhood. I hardly ever took a day off to behave, and now I'm getting paid back for that. But I think it's a safe thing to say that we've all done things in our lives, stay with me now, that deserved punishment. Right? Is that a fair statement to, to make? You with me? And for whatever reason, society now wants to tell us that we're basically good people, that you're basically a good person. And when we do wrong, there's no real consequences for our actions, for sinful things. But that's not reality. That's not the truth. That's not biblical, right? Someone always has to pay. Someone always has to deal with the consequences of sin. And my hope is that we begin to see today the price. The price. Everybody say the price, price. that was paid for our sinful acts, our wrongdoings, that we understand completely that someone had to suffer on our behalf. Amen? Someone had to take our place. His name is Jesus. And and here's the thing. You're going to love this part. Even if you've never, ever, ever put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, He still, He still paid the price for your sin, for your mistakes. What a glorious statement. Romans 5, 8 says this, But God demonstrates, I love that, demonstrates His own love for us in this, why we were still sinners, not saints, why we were still sinners, dead in our flesh, dead in our sin, Christ died for us. That's powerful, isn't it? Today I'm going to preach a story that's often overlooked. It's a story of hope and and redemption. Let's look at the text, Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, verse 13 through 25. Y'all there? 
If you don't have in your Bibles, you can go ahead and follow on the screen above. Luke chapter 23, verse 13 through 25. It says this, Pilate called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, You have brought me this man as one who subverts the people. But in fact, after examining him in your presence, I have found no grounds to charge this man with those things you accuse him of. Neither has Herod, because he sent him back to us. Clearly, I love that, clearly he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, therefore, I will have him whipped. Doesn't make much sense, right? You're innocent, but I'll have you whipped anyways. I will have him whipped. And then release him. For according to the festival, he had to release someone to them. Then they cried out together, Take this man away. Release Barabbas to us. He had been thrown into prison for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, waiting to release Jesus, addressed them again. But they kept shouting together, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time, he said to them, why? What has this man done wrong? What has this man done wrong? I have found him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him whipped and then release him. But they kept up the pressure, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the Bible says that their voices won out. So Pilate decided to grant their demand and released the one they were asking for, who had been thrown into prison for rebellion and murder. But he handed Jesus over to their will. Let's stop there. The first thing that I want you to notice here in the text is the person that stood next to Jesus on that platform. The person that would be set free from death and incarceration, his name was Barabbas. Everybody say Barabbas. What a manly name, right? Barabbas. Barabbas. See, Barabbas was a criminal. Barabbas was a murderer. Notice it says in the text twice who he was and what he did. Barabbas deserved punishment, didn't he? Notice it says in verse 19 that he had been thrown into prison for starting a rebellion within the city and for murder. So that's what we know about Barabbas, which isn't much, but enough to form an opinion about Barabbas. He's a bad guy, right? Quite obvious. He had already been tried and convicted, serving his time. He had done wicked things to many people within the culture, and yet he would be put up next to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, as a peer, as an equal. Remember I told you that someone always has to pay? Someone always has to deal with the consequences of of sinful man, right? I also told you that as a kid, there were times where we were disciplined for wrong behavior or poor behavior. Mom and dad would, would line us up, all five of us. And if no one would come clean, we would all get disciplined. 
What a great parenting tactic. I use this one myself, and Kate says, it's not fair. I said, I don't care what's fair. I'm the father, right? So they'd line us up. And we would look down the line and point fingers at one another, accusing each other, begging and pleading for someone to step up and take the fall. My younger brother was the worst. I can say that because he's not here this morning. He might be watching the live stream. I'm sorry, John, but you were the worst. He would never, never fess up, no matter what. Sometimes I would pull him aside like, come here, John. we got to talk. Let's just tell the truth. Dad might be gracious with us. John, just confess. Just confess. Tell the truth. It's, it's not fair that we all, think about it, that we all get punished for something that you did wrong. It's not fair. Have you ever said those words? It's not fair. It's not fair that I get punished for something that I didn't do wrong. Have you ever been punished before? As a kid, maybe, for something you didn't do? Right? You guys are still bitter, aren't you? We have to pray for you. You're like, yes, and I'm still mad. Get over it. Get over it. See, there were times that I was was innocent. Times I hadn't done anything wrong. I know it's hard to believe. It wasn't often. But there were times where I felt like, listen, I haven't done anything Barabbas, I want you to know Barabbas this morning. Barabbas clearly had done horrible things in his life to land him a prison sentence. He deserved to be in jail, did he not? He was already serving his sentence when the religious leaders, I just love this, brought Jesus to Pilate. Notice what it says about Christ. Notice what it says about our king. You're going to love this. This part. I mean, this is where it gets really good. You excited? You ready? No sleepers? All right, good. It says this. You have brought me this man as one who subverts the people. In other words, corrupts the people. Let's just stop there. Can you picture Jesus as one who corrupts the people? Think about your king. Think about your savior. Think about all of the things that you read in the gospels, his ministry work. You have brought me this man. And this is the son of God that you're talking about. It's not just some man. Amen. It says, in fact, after examining him in your presence, I have found no grounds to charge this man with those things that you accuse him of. Neither has Herod. Neither is Herod because he sent him back to us. Clearly, he has done nothing to deserve death. He has done nothing. Just We know the ending, don't we? Pilate says he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will have him whipped and then release him. Pilate was an intelligent man. A fair judge, and after examining Jesus for himself, he found no guilt within Jesus Christ. Not only that, his wife told him to leave. Our wives are are smart, are they not? They're smart. 
His wife comes to him and says, listen, leave this religious man alone. I've had a terrible dream. Don't judge him. Don't put him to death. He's innocent. He's innocent. Three different times. I I, I just, Pilate doesn't seem like a godly man, but just think about this. For a moment, he's already assessed Jesus as being innocent. It's three different times he asked them, Are you sure? Like trying to get them to see. Trying to get them to see that Jesus was innocent. Like picture the crowd chanting and yelling and they're excited about it. And Pilate stands up there with Barabbas and Jesus. Barabbas and and Jesus, are you sure you know what you're doing? Why do you want Barabbas? Why do you keep shouting, give us Barabbas? Pilate says, is Jesus not your king? You would have think that some of them would have just stopped for a moment and stopped shouting. Yeah, he's my king. I've seen what he's done for me. He's Jesus of Nazareth, right? And they don't stop. Isn't he your king? And then he only punishes them. He has them whipped just to appease the people. The Bible says that they won out. Isn't that heartbreaking? But his death, Jesus' death wasn't on Pilate's Hands, what does it say? That he washed his hands and turned him loose. Maybe Pilate was able to sleep after that. Jesus didn't deserve punishment. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus didn't deserve to even be on trial standing next to Barabbas. Of all people, Barabbas. And yet there he was being treated the same as a criminal. What a crushing picture. For those of the faith that know what Jesus has done for us, right? What a crushing picture. Didn't the text say that Barabbas was a murderer? Didn't the text say that he was a convicted convicted criminal, then why would the people choose this man over the Christ, over the Messiah, over Jesus? Here's a thought. Maybe it wasn't the people's choice. Maybe it wasn't the people's choice. Maybe it was his choice. Maybe it was his choice. On the flip side, what crime did Jesus commit? What crime did Jesus commit? It says in Matthew that they brought him to be punished because of envy. The religious leaders were envious of Jesus. How could they not? The religious leaders were dead in their sin, right? It was about the law, what they could do, how they appeared to people. They were envious of Jesus, of his works, of his ministry, of his love for people. They were envious, so they wanted to get rid of him, right? What did he do to deserve to be whipped? And this wasn't just like a good old-fashioned spanking. Sometimes my dad would give us a moment where we could get through to the other room. I don't know if that was your parents or not. And he'd pull out the belt, and our eyes would get big as saucers. And if we could just get through, 
This wasn't the kind of whooping that you and I got as kids from our dads or from our moms. This was a beating. The cat of nine tails had bone fragments and it would grab a hold of the flesh. Right? That's gruesome. Anybody stick to their stomach? And it would pull back. This was the beating that Pilate side off on to our Savior. This was a real beating, wasn't it? What did he do to deserve death? The answer is nothing. The answer is nothing. Absolutely nothing. Church, Jesus loved people. Amen? He brought hope to the nation of Israel. He met the needs of the broken and the helpless, acting as the Son of God, which He was. Those were His crimes. Those were His heinous acts. But Jesus was innocent of all charges, all accusations. He was without sin. Would you imagine... What it would have been like for Jesus Christ to stand there as the crowds shouted and chanted and they were calling for Barabbas to be set free, knowing all along how difficult it would be to face the death, to face the cross. We see that in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Where he literally sweats out blood, grieving over what was to come. And here Jesus stood innocent. We think about our childhood and the things that you know, maybe our brothers and sisters got away from or got away with. We were innocent. We were innocent. We didn't do anything wrong. Jesus stood on that platform without sin. Amen? Without sin. And he knew the wickedness of not only Barabbas, but those who shouted those who were convicting him. All knowing. And he stood there in humility. Willing to take your place and my place. Barabbas' place. The leader's place. The crowd's place. Think about it. Jesus never did anything wrong in his entire life. Not one thing. Everybody say, not one thing. thing. Say it again. Not one thing. Not Not as a toddler. (laughs) Can you picture Jesus in his terrible twos? (laughs) Not as a preteen. Can you picture Jesus with acne going through that change? Nope. Not as a teenager. Just think about your own rebellion during your teenage years. We don't picture Jesus this way, do we? How about your kids as they were teenagers? Was that fun? You're going to have to pray for me when my kids get there. Not in his early 20s. I went to jail in my early 20s. I was a rebel. I was a thug. I was a criminal. I was Barabbas. I was Barabbas. Did you ever do anything wrong in your early 20s, church? No one wants to raise their hand for that, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Every hand should be raised. Jesus never sinned as an adult. Not in the desert. Not in the desert when he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. Not in ministry. Not even when Judas 
betrayed Him. He remained blameless. Not in death nor life did Jesus ever sin, and yet there He stood side by side, a well-known thug, the barbaric Barabbas. Let me just say this, and don't be offended. Some of you would be offended. Be convicted. Be challenged. Be changed. Be transformed. Be renewed. We're no different compared to the holiness of God. I don't care where you sit or what you do or how long you've known Jesus. We're no different than the righteousness of Jesus. We're no different than Barabbas. Everybody say, I'm no different. different. Say it again. I'm no different. different. Sure, we haven't murdered anyone. At least I hope not. We've never led a rebellion. But compared to Christ... We're still sinful. Aren't we? I know I am. We're still wicked. Some of us may be lost still. And whether you know Him as Lord and Savior, we're still need, in need of Jesus. Amen? Amen? We're in need of His covering. We're in need of His grace and His love and forgiveness. We're in need of a Savior still to step in and take our place for wrong things that we have done, wrong things that we do today, wrong things that we will do in the future. Did you know I'll do wrong things in the future? Did you know you'll do wrong things? We're still in need of a Savior, desperately in need of Jesus. The tradition gave the people... A chance. I believe God always gives us a chance. That moment where things sort of just stop and we're tested. The tradition gave the people a chance to to make things right. A break from the chaos. A break from the noise. I love that. What an opportunity. The custom gave the chief priests and elders a chance to see their own sin their own wickedness for what it was, an opportunity to change their hearts. You see, they were so full of their own religion and religious practices that they were trying to kill the very one that came to set them free. not mind-blowing to you? We're so busy pointing out other people's areas of weakness and areas of sin, aren't we? Our neighbor, that coworker, our spouse, oh, they fall short. They fall short. That child of ours that have strayed, man, they fall short. And we don't look within, right? Isn't it easier to, to look at somebody else's life and all of their mistakes, their areas of weaknesses, and just say, you know what, God, would you do something in my life and examine in me? Would you examine me? Man, it's so easy to just kind of look at others. God wants us to continually get before the cross. And we sing that song, Oh, come to the altar, right? Bear who we are in front of Him and confess and let God minister to us and cleanse us. They were trying to kill Jesus. 
This morning, chances are there are people sitting in this room today that have things in their lives that grieve the heart of God, things that He already paid for through His death. And unless you confess those things and bring them before a holy and righteous God, they sit a substantial debt. Amen? They sit as offenses. They sit as unforgiven. And more importantly, they separate us from a relationship with God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to ever be separated from my relationship with God. Let me just say this. God loves you regardless of your mistakes. Amen? Because I know some of you are here sitting here this morning and say, you know what, you don't know my life. You don't know the list of things that I do wrong, that I'm caught up in, that I'm involved in. God loves you regardless of your mistakes. God loves you even when your life falls short of the glory of God. God loved Barabbas. Some of you are like, that just doesn't sit right with me. Are you sure? Pastor, are you sure, are you sure that God loved Barabbas? But didn't you say that he was a murderer? Didn't you say that he was a criminal and a thug? God loved Barabbas. Isn't that hard for us to comprehend? I wonder why that is. What are we missing? What are we missing? He did. He loved him. So much so that he let his son Jesus take his place. As they chanted, give us Barabbas. We want Barabbas. Jesus just stood there. I'll take his place. Amen? I love that. Man, I love the Bible. I'll take his place. I'll go in his place. God loved Barabbas. Jesus took his place at that whipping post. That whipping post was meant for someone else. Amen? That instrument of death was meant for a criminal. Not Jesus, but a criminal. That chant, that noise coming from the crowd, crucify, 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 was meant for Barabbas. And Jesus willingly took his place. Amen? We overlook this. He loved him, and he loves you. Right now we have a three-year-old. We're going to kind of close with this story. We have a three-year-old that we're trying to potty train, and it's been awesome. <laughs> no, it's difficult. Boys are difficult to potty train, right? Ryan picked it up right away. She always says, Dad, am I the smart one? I'd say, shh, shh. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Dad, am I the smart one? And we try using incentives, prizes of sorts. You call it bribery. Incentives for him. And so there I was using a bag of M&Ms to get him to use the potty chair. And I made it absolutely clear that he needed to use the potty before getting the M&Ms. Well, not too much longer. I caught Kip under the table scarfing down the entire bag. And it was his sister's bag. 
He's so smart. And I had him stand in the corner where all the paint chips are missing. (laughs) Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And he looked up at me and he had that pouty face. He said, Dad, I'm sorry I disappointed you. Yeah, I know. Crushing, right? (laughs) What was I going to do? Dad, I didn't want to let you down. Man. I was like, Jillian! (laughs) Like, what do you do in those situations? Dad, I didn't want to let you down. And he meant every word. You should have seen his face covered with milk chocolate. The reds, the yellows, the greens. I didn't want to let you down. Don't we feel that way as we pursue God? As we strive to obey Him and live for Him and just do the right thing and try to be honoring and glorify Him and be faithful no matter what life is thrown at us. God, I just, I don't want to disappoint you. God, I don't want to let you down. God, I'm in need of you. I'm in need of your grace. Amen? I want my kids to obey. I want Kip to obey and do what's right, but I don't want them to ever think that I'm disappointed in them. Ever. Ever. I knelt down beside him and I lifted up his head. I don't know if it was a little act or not, but it crushed Dad. And I told him, I love you, son. I love you, son. And I said, I know you can do better. I know you can do better. And then I prayed with him, and you should have heard his little amen after. Amen. That's the kind of grace and mercy and love God shows each of us. When we're undeserving, when we're undeserving, there's room at the cross for all of us. Amen? Like He knows that all of us, not just one section, not just one row, all of us will make mistakes. All of us will sin. All of us will fall short. But He loves us unconditionally and wants us to do better. Jesus Christ made a way through the cross through His punishment, through taking our place. The crowd blindly chose Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Give us this criminal. Give us this thug. Crucify Jesus. Someone always has to pay. His name is Jesus. And He did pay for us. He did take our place. Romans 3, 23-26 says this. For everyone. Not your neighbor. Not your co-worker. This one says, For everyone has sinned. Amen? We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. And people are made right with God when they believe. Not attend church. Not know of God. But when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His own life, shedding His blood. Amen? Amen. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair 
when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead. I love that. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Every head bowed, eyes closed. I'm of our worship team. Come up. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Are you here this morning without a relationship with Jesus? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Every head bowed, eyes closed. If you don't know that you know that you know that you're a born-again believer, would you just slip up your hand? I just want to pray for you. Maybe we can talk after service. Just slip up your hand. I just want to pray for you. Don't leave this place not being forgiven and being changed and transformed by the blood of Christ. He covers a multitude of sins. He covers our mistakes, our flaws, our weaknesses. He took Barabbas' place. He took those religious leaders' place. He definitely took our place. He's a gracious and forgiving and loving God. Loved us so much that He gave His only Son, Jesus, to die on a cross. That whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Don't leave this place not confessing sin. Those weaknesses and mistakes, those things that you did wrong. Oh, that you just put them before the cross. He's he's faithful to love you. He's faithful to forgive you. I know you don't want to disappoint God. None of us do. He loves you like a son. He loves you like a daughter. He's faithful. He's gracious. He's good. He's kind. Would you put those things before him? Maybe for those that know the Lord, maybe your heart's grown cold. Maybe you've had bitterness in your heart. Maybe you have offenses. Maybe people irritate you. I don't know. Maybe you just get those things before the cross and say, you know what, God, would you change my heart? Change my attitude? Use me for your glory? Maybe you can sit here this morning and say, you know what, I haven't been faithful. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. God is gracious to forgive. He's faithful when we're not. He covers us. He covers you. He covers you. He covers you. Father God, I pray for this body. God, would you renew us? Would you heal us? Places where we hurt, places where we struggle. God, would you lift us up? We're in need of you. We're in need of you. Build us up in our faith. Challenge us, change us, renew us, and use us for your glory. There's there's a time that's going to come where you're going to return. God, help us be ready as your church, your bride. Help us to be faithful to the call. Help us. Forgive us and love us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand at this time? Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. 
And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org, and we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.